Welcome to the Forged Nutrition and Fitness Podcast, where we talk everything fuel and function to give you the ultimate freedom with your health, lifestyle, and goals. Let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. So in today's social series episode, which is episode four of the series so far, I sit down and have a chat with Ben Mudge. Now I won't go into who Ben is and the things that he does because we cover all that right at the beginning of the episode, but I will just say that this is the episode that I would recommend if anyone's going to pick uh, one of the episodes to listen to from the podcast, this is the one. It is it was an incredible experience to record it. Um, I won't uh, spoil any of the things that we uh, go into, but Ben is an incredible human. Um, he's an awesome person, and uh, it was just fantastic to be able to sit down, uh, have a chat with him, get his kind of perspective on life and his outlook on things. So definitely give this one uh, a listen. And today... I am talking to online coach who runs an incredible community of people who are all looking to improve their health and fitness. He's a fitness model. He's a champion and campaigner for cystic fibrosis awareness. He is an amazing podcast host. He's a public speaker. And also he's the winner of the 2019 Northern Ireland Health and Fitness Awards Influence of the Year Award. Uh, And if you search him online like I did earlier today, you'll find tons of pictures of him looking in incredible shape and quite a few pictures of him dressed as a certain superhero, which I'm pretty sure we'll come on to uh, discuss later on. So introducing Ben Mudge. How's it going, buddy? You nailed that. <laughs> that, was a, that was a long, long list. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I'm very, very good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, all good. All good. Thanks. Could you, uh, obviously I, I tried to do you a bit of justice there, but could you kind of tell everyone who you are, what you do uh, and why you do it? Yep. So you, First of all, thank you very much for the introduction. It was it was very nice of you. Um, so I'm Ben Mudge. I'm 29. At the time of this recording, I'm going to be 30 next month, which is pretty significant <laughs> for me. Um, I live in Belfast, Northern Ireland. I've been in the fitness industry now for nearly nine years. This is my ninth year uh, in the fitness industry. And I started in the fitness industry because I left school uh, knowing that I didn't want to do any of the A-levels or you know anything further with that. And I wanted to go into film. Uh, to make films and just be part of that because I absolutely love films. I'm a huge film nerd. In fact, if you met me, you, I'd probably end up speaking more about films than I would about fitness, which is totally fine with me. Yeah. Um, upon working in the film industry, I, got, I was very lucky to get some, some jobs in the industry uh, straight out of getting qualified. Uh, I worked on the first season of the Game of Thrones back when it was barely anyone knew it and people... You know, hadn't learned to hate it yet after that last season. Um, and that, it was working on that that I realized that I needed to focus a lot of my time on my own health because my health was suffering quite a bit from working the long hours and not eating correctly and not being able to train. And for people who don't know, I have, uh, I have cystic fibrosis. And it's, I mentioned the fact that it's quite significant that I'm turning 30 because the uh, cystic fibrosis is a life shortening illness. Uh, I think the life expectancy is 47 at the moment. So every year that I get with good health is is very significant for me. Um, but yeah, working in that industry, I realized that my health was suffering very badly. And I spoke to one of the extras um, 
who was a Dothraki extras warrior, he was a big guy. And I started talking to him and he's just like, oh, you should, you know, if you don't enjoy your job, you should maybe look at something like personal training. Didn't have a clue what that was. I knew that I liked training in the gym. And at that point, there was no structure to my training, anything like that. I was just going in and doing the mirror muscles, you know, biceps, chest, abs, legs. Um, so I followed it and just it, I fell into probably the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, working as as a personal trainer and now online coach. Uh, this year, I've, I'm launching my new platform, CF Strength, which is basically a subs- subscription-based platform for people with cystic fibrosis. So if it's if you're a young guy looking to build muscle tissue, if you're a female who wants to learn about nutrition and how it's going to benefit your life with cystic fibrosis, if you're a parent with a child with CF, like that, this this platform that I'm creating is going to be the place for you. Like I, I want to educate people as best as I can uh, with all the knowledge that I've learned, and then I'm also going to be getting professionals as well in there to to assist on making that the the go-to platform when it comes to education uh, with cystic fibrosis and your health and fitness. Um, I'm also an online coach, but now I'm a full-time online coach. I've not had a one-to-one session on the gym floor in nearly two years. Um, and again, that decision came from cystic fibrosis because I the last time I was hospitalized was 2010. Yeah, I think I was 20. And luckily, I was employed by Fitness First back then, so I got sick pay. But once I moved on to becoming a full-time PT, I realized that you don't get sick pay. Mm. And that two weeks to, to four weeks being in a hospital, I, was gonna be, I wasn't going to be making any money. So I decided, right, I need to remedy this. I need to make sure that I'm going to get some form of income if I do have to spend two, three, four weeks in hospital. Uh, so that's when online coaching came into it. And then on top of that, then the benefit of online coaching is that I can actually work with people with cystic fibrosis because not a lot of people realize, but people with cystic fibrosis are not allowed to interact personally because of the risk of cross-infection. Mm. I think that's summed me up. That's that, yeah. Pretty good summary. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone will learn a lot more about you kind of as we go go through the episode as well. Um but yeah, like I was saying to you earlier, uh, I've personally I've listened to quite a lot of your stuff. Um, I think I came across you from a Bain, from the Ben Coomber one you mentioned earlier. Yeah, um, and then other people, kind of like Shelley McCoy and other guests and stuff. So I've <laughs> followed kind of you and a few other people in your, I guess, in your kind of circle for quite some time. So it's it's really awesome for me to have you on. So first of all, thank you for for agreeing. Uh, really appreciate it. And and uh, let me pick your brains, basically. So. This might be again might be a bit of a, def, a difficult question, but if you could kind of summarise your mission, I know you touched on things there, with cystic fibrosis and yep. your platform, <clears throat> um, and obviously what you put out on your social media, um, yeah, and like some of it is really really touching and heartwarming and like just like really special moments of kind of successes of of people, and then obviously you've got a few videos where you've had to kind of share some difficult times. And, yeah, yeah. Some of the not so not so nice parts around cystic fibrosis. So, could you try and kind of summarise your your mission in the health and fitness space? Um, you know, what what is it that you that you really want want to kind of achieve? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I just want I just want the world to be a happier and healthier place. And I feel like I can, I, you know, regardless of how small of a role I play in that, I feel like I, I do, I can play. I, I have the privilege of being able to play a very small role in that. Um, you know, I, I'm very, very fortunate with the platform I've been given because at the end of the day, I have been given it. You know, people like yourself following me, that's what gives me the platform I have. I didn't, 
it's not like I made that myself. You know, I put up I put up content in the hope that it will help one person. That's my always my goal. I think is this post going to benefit one person? And if it's if that's a yes, then I'll put it up. Um, that wasn't always the case. You know, it's 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 very easy to fall into the kind of egotistical trap of social media because that's pretty much what it is. You know, it's a it's a very narcissistic place to be, and you can very easily fall into that you know narcissistic trap of you know having your ego stroked by these by thousands of people all over the world. But luckily, I I I think I hope I managed to stay clear of that and kept this vision in mind of how can I help someone? What how can I take the knowledge that I've learned that I that excites me when I learn it and share it with as many people as I can. Um, and my goal with my goal, I'm air quoting on a podcast. I always do this. <laughs> is I I never want there to be a separation between who you see, the Ben Mudge you see on social media and the Ben Mudge that you're speaking to right now. I hope that there's a very little you know, disconnect when it comes to that because I've seen, I've met so many people who are these big social media stars, again, air quoting, uh, who come across one way in a, in a photo or a video or a caption under their photo and then you meet them in real life and you're like, oh, wow, you're not that person at all. This is... Mm-hmm pointing um that that's always stuck in my mind I've, I've never wanted to have two different characters because it's hard enough being one person yeah <laughs> you know it's hard to be ben <laughs> much, just just one version of them um but yeah my my goal is just to help as many people as i can and now especially help as many people with cystic fibrosis as i can because the, the impact that i i've i've seen that i've had on people's lives with cf is something i never expected it's not something I mean, to be honest, if you drop me in my life right now and then and give me all the memories and all the, the moments that I've I've had over the last, you know, decade, the the person you dropped in who didn't have them all until this second would be I honestly I'd be completely overwhelmed because it's just I mean, some of the stuff I've been you know, the the people have been very grateful, you know, I've been very grateful to be shared, you know, shared in with these moments have been ugh, incredible. Like one that comes to mind always is that I got a video from this this woman who was filming her son doing push-ups in her living room. Uh, he's an English guy, and our little English boy is maybe four or five. And um, she said, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm doing press-ups." She said, "Why?" And she was, he said, "To be like Ben Mudge." <laughs> and I, I just the waterworks came on. Like even now, talking about it makes me quite emotional because to to think that I've had that effect on a on a child mm-hmm. is oh, man, you can't even i've said this so many times but the english language completely falls flat when i'm trying to describe what that feels like for me and it's it's mm-hmm. something that i am so so honored to to be able to do so if i can do that to as many people as i can and, and help educate them that that's the main word that i probably always circle back to is educate because again throwing it back a little bit like growing up i always felt like i was not that intelligent because of the school system Mm. um that i was in and my brother and sister are very academically gifted not gifted they worked hard but they just got school Mm. better than me i was not not suited for school a a learning environment such as school Uh, so that kind of made me feel like i wasn't that smart and then once i once i realized oh i'm i'm actually quite smart it's just i didn't have interest in the things i was being told I need to have interest in. But when I have as an interest in something, I am like a sponge. In fact, my friends always say that I'm like a toddler because I'm always asking questions. Like always, like I have the most random things in my brain 
yeah. because I'm just yeah. like, I wonder why this, and I wonder why that. Like, why does this happen? And, and I'll just go and Google it and learn it, and yeah. that's a random piece of information in my brain. But you know, I said a circle around education because I just love that feeling of of helping people understand something that they didn't previously understand, and yeah. then that 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 moment where they go, Oh, you know what? That makes so much sense. Yeah, the light bulb. Yeah, and it's 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 so nice, as, and especially as a coach, you know, it's something you were. I was told in my in my coaching course that like you should never tell someone the answer to something because it, it means that they become independent of you. And I was like, nah, I'm, I would rather someone understood yeah. what they were doing because if they understand that, they're they're more likely to adhere to it, and you know, then they're going to tell someone, oh, I know this, and they'll be like, oh, how'd you find out about that? And spread. Yeah, yeah, and I I just think you know, and the level of education in general about nutrition and fitness and health is just woeful. Um, And if I can do, again, if I can play a small role in in improving that, I'm very, very happy. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's a pretty good mission. If if there ever was one. Yeah. I, 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 when you spoke about like the school system there, I, I totally agree. That's actually been part of my journey kind of coming out of teaching and education Mm -hmm. formally in terms of like primary school teaching um, I, I moved uh, to the upper end of the school to year six, the final year of in England, the final year of um, of primary school. And when they kind of do their SATs and they do their exam, it's just English, maths, grammar. And then you see children who are incredible athletes or yep. artists or something, but they are going to be basically pretty much told that they're they're not good enough when they fail this very rigid exam. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, that's been, Lord. yeah, that put, that kind of put the nail in the coffin in terms of uh, teaching for me formally in the, in that environment. Obviously, yeah. my, my whole thing is pretty, you know, quite similar to yours, education about nutrition, cutting out all the rubbish, giving back people back the freedom with their nutrition, with their health, that I, I think a lot of people lose because they follow fads or they follow misinformation. Yeah. And they have their freedom kind of taken away because every you know all they need to know is just here, but they're following such a rigid thing, and it's just it's not nice to see. And also, I yeah. think another part for me is the kind of mental health part side of things. I'm now becoming more and more uh, enthusiastic, I guess, like passionate about seeing people who are really, really struggling with their weight and it affecting their confidence to go out, confidence yep. to do other things that's becoming a bit of a magnet for me at the moment. So mm-hmm. that, might, that might be somewhere that I kind of, I end up going to, but yeah, similar. I, I, I really, I think your kind of your goal and your mission in, in the industry is, is pretty, pretty awesome. Appreciate pretty. it. Thank you. Um, so like I said, in the introduction, you are in pretty good condition. Um, Thank you. Uh, so how obviously I, I, I follow your stuff i see a lot of the things you're doing but for for the people who are listening how what's your kind of typical week in terms of like um training nutrition how do you kind of stay in the condition because obviously you've got a bit more um you've got a bit more to consider and obviously Mm -hmm. you you stay really on top of like your lung function and 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 things like that um so could you just kind of talk us through what and what's your routine what's your kind of regimen in terms of nutrition training Fairly relaxed. Um, it's not as strict as people probably perceive it to be, uh, but that's because of everything I've learned. You know, I've gotten to the stage where I can be a bit, you know, more lenient with the way I do things. Uh, however, in the last nine nine weeks, 
I I feel like I'm finally getting to where I'd like to be in terms of my my plan and you know my training plan my nutrition and and you know nine weeks I've been training for 14 years and I still feel like I'm not even there yet um there's a really good quote that I I love it's like if you don't look back at last year at what you were doing last last year and laugh you're not you're not learning enough yeah and that's that's so true like if I look back at what I was doing last year I'm like Oof. oh dear yeah. um but you know I, again it's it's always it always comes at this kind of the idea that you should be constantly progress. I always think personally, I should be always progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with my, with CF, like it's, it's, it's a degenerative illness. So I should be getting worse. I should be. Um, but each year I get better and better and better. Even if it's only 1%, I don't care. 1% is still an improvement to me. Um, so my training uh, at the moment, I'm training full body five days a week, uh, which I'm really, really enjoying. Um, uh, my nutrition, I only actually recently, like in the last few days, tracked how many calories I was consuming. Um, I, we did, we, my podcast, um, co-host and I did an episode about, you know, nutrition and we're saying if I, there's a, I always say, if you're not assessing, you're just guessing. And I was guessing how many calories I was consuming. I thought, nah, 2,800 at the most. I was, I was way wrong. How many? <laughs> about, about 4,000. Nice. I'm on about four thousand four thousand calories and um between three three and a half thousand to four thousand calories a day um but yeah in terms of nutrition i i always keep it really simple with myself i just think right every meal i have where's the protein in this meal mm-hmm. that's pretty much the way i've always i've always seen it. it's like okay where's the social protein is it enough protein if it is cool that checks the list for that you know and then then I look at the next thing. Okay, like where's the f- source of fiber? Where are the vegetables are you know some form of fiber in this in this meal? And then the fats and carbs. I've never, never really been too over concerned about those. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, I've always tried to maintain this. Uh, I've always wanted to maintain an athleticism about myself because I never wanted to be classified. That's where I struggled to classify myself because everyone likes putting people in boxes and labeling them, but. I I wouldn't consider myself a bodybuilder. However, I do do bodybuilding training. I wouldn't consider myself an athlete because I I do athletic form style of training, but I'm not. I don't participate in athletics. Um, so I'm a, I'm a weird hybrid. I, it, basically, if you could you could I hope that you could throw me into any physical activity and I would do okay. Yeah. You know, so if a friend comes along, I've had I've had friends who are like top CrossFit guys and they've come along you know, hung out for a weekend and we've gone through a CrossFit session and I've been able to, you know, not go toe to toe with them, but you know, mm-hmm. at least not look terrible Yeah, <laughs> while I'm doing it. Yeah. Hold my ground. That's, that's kind of the best way of putting it, you know, and that's always been my, I've always wanted to be, um, what was it? Look like a, look like an ornament, but move like an instrument. Yeah. That's always been my, you know, my goal. If I have an aesthetic goal that I, I've always wanted to maintain, but then I also want to have that along with the, the the practical application of my body to to whatever it is I'm I'm doing. Um, and again, I think that comes from the chip on my shoulder from being a child, where I never got picked for any school sports teams because I was too small. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's always that's always stuck in my mind. Um, but yeah, in in terms of my shape, again, I've I just put it down to consistency. I've been I'm so consistent with the four things that you that in my opinion you need to have. Um, which is obviously training or exercise, some form of exercise. I'm super consistent with that. Like I've been training for 14 years and I would say in, in that time, I've probably 
missed about six months worth of you know of days mm-hmm. so if you think you know six months over a 14 year period that's very very little time i've missed um i'm very consistent with my sleep i get really good quality sleep um which again i'm fortunate for because a lot of people struggle with sleep my nutrition again it's always been for the most part focused around good nutritious foods you know not always but mm. for the most part mm. uh, and then my mindset you know i've always tried I'm, I'm i'm a very positive person i i firmly believe that you you get to decide how you respond to everything in your life whether it's positive or again i'm air quoted positive or negative you get you can't dictate what happens to you but you can dictate how you respond to what happens to you and i've always tried to maintain a, a positive like you know mindset when it comes to anything so i think those four things yeah combined over a long period of time have kind of culminated in me looking the way i look and you know being where i am yeah i think definitely that consistency that's something that personally i've always struggled with is is the consistency mm-hmm. i'll get really i'll get really thrown off by something like i don't know i'll have a week's holiday and then I'll come back from holiday and I'll, I'll really struggle to kind of get back into the groove of things. Um, yeah. I think that applies to a lot of people. I think with a lot of people, they'll start, I don't know, they'll, they might, maybe they might be a little bit too rigid with, with an approach yeah. of nutrition or something, but they'll start something and then it will work for a few weeks and then something will happen. Throws them all off. And they won't, they won't, yeah, they won't get, they won't flow back into it naturally because it's a bit of a, maybe because it's a bit of an unnatural box they put themselves in or hundred percent unnatural uh, you know routine yeah the, that's again something I, I always say like you, you need to enjoy what you're doing or else you're not going to stick to it yeah and obviously you need to throw in the occasional thing that you you hate because that's what's going to make you grow and you don't you know if, you, if you're constantly doing things you enjoy you're not really going to grow but if you're enjoying yourself cool you know happy days if that's if that's if you're happy where you are and you're, you're in terms of your body composition and your mind and you're doing things you enjoy, sweet, rock on. But if you're wanting to achieve something you've never achieved before, you're probably going to have to do some things you don't really enjoy. Yeah. That's an awesome way to think about it. That's really good. So I guess um, our next thing I was going to talk about was kind of like your motivation, but I think we've mm-hmm. pretty much covered that. So obviously for the things you want to achieve, your mission, yeah. and obviously the intrinsic motivation that you've got for your health, I'm guessing that that's your kind of motivation for everything you do. Yeah, it's motivation's a word I really have come to dislike because <laughs> it's just it's the question I get asked the most. How do you stay motivated? Why are you always motivated? And the, the honest truth is, I'm not. I'm not motivated ninety five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It's not motivation that people need to be looking at. It's dedication. They just need to swap those words out because motivation is the most fleeting source of fuel you can use it is it's there for a moment and it's gone the next like literally i'm sure you've had this where you're like right gonna go to the gym and then you'll get a text from someone that'll distract your mind and you're like what was it oh yeah i was gonna go to the gym uh you look outside oh, the weather's a bit crap yeah how long is it gonna take me to get there by the time i get there it can take me this amount of time and then boom that motivation is gone mm. and people think that that's what you rely on and if that's what you rely on as your social fuel, you're not going to get anywhere in that vehicle. Mm-hmm. So if you replace, like, the best example is I always use, do you think Olympic athletes, you know, again, taking this to the, to the nth degree of, of, of you know, uh, performance, do you think an Olympic athlete is motivated to get up at 4.30 in the morning and go and run in the freezing cold? Yeah. Nah, they're not. They're dedicated to what their goal is. Mm-hmm. I'm dedicated to the fact that I don't want to die. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, like that. You know, for me, again, I've got this very unique um, source of 
again, motivation <laughs> with the fact that I don't, there's no, in my opinion, there's not a choice. I do not have a choice. There's, if I don't train, look after my body and my mind, I've seen and I do see what can happen to me. And that, when I see it, and I, because I, I, again, unfortunately, there's people who are, you know, same age as me, younger than me, pass away with cystic fibrosis every day. And to me, that's not actually a feasible option. So that door is closed. You know, a lot of people do get door A, door B. I have cemented off door B, so I don't have a choice. I, I, I have to take this one path, and that that's the way I treat it. Like, I do this because, well, I obviously enjoy it. I enjoy how it makes me feel. I enjoy how it makes me look. I enjoy the confidence it's given me. I, I enjoy it all, but at the same time, I have to do this. Like it's not a choice for me. You know, people without you know uh, illnesses, you know, like cystic fibrosis, they can go their entire life without training. Yeah, nothing poor is gonna, you know, nothing bad's gonna happen. Well, you know, in all likelihood, nothing bad's gonna happen. However. I've seen what happens when people don't train with CF and, and they, they aren't physically active. They don't look after their health. They don't look after their mind. And to me, that eliminates that as being an option for me. So that's my, again, air quote, motivation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. Very good answer. So kind of thinking back to, obviously, what you gain, you've got health, your health kind of in one part. You've got, you know, your aesthetics and, and such. What, yeah. what else do you think that people can kind of gain from, you know, weight training, a good nutritional protocol? Because I think a lot of people who would listen to this would be kind of going, coming from the scope of like a, a, a fat loss or weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be a little bit hesitant to go and do some weight training or, you know, any, anything other than maybe like the, the elliptical machine or the, or the treadmill. So what, yeah. what could people gain from like either setting um, some kind of like training goal or maybe mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, some some kind of goal or something to chase. What you know, and then and then going down that journey, following a, a weight training protocol. What else can you get from that? You you just touched on it with kind of like the confidence part. But oh what, wow, yeah. Okay, so I'll go from it from my from my own what I gained from it. So so growing up, I was always very skinny. Um, I'm not the tallest guy in the world either. I'm five eight. My dad's six two. So I've always, I've always had that discrepancy between me and my dad. Um, my brother's, my older brother's 5'11", nearly six foot. So again, much taller than me. So I was always quite, like, I was a pretty introverted kid growing up. Um, and that's evident when I'm looking back at it, you know, in, in the things I did, I was like, oh, wow, that was insecure. Um, so first of all, the confidence you gain not in an arrogant way, just you know, how you feel. Like when you're putting on clothes, you're like, oh, these fit me nicely. Like, like you know, when you, when you walk past a mirror or a reflective surface and you look at yourself and you don't go, you don't go, oh my God, that's, you know, that's horrible. Yeah. People don't realize the little endorphin boosts that give you, you know, that gives you that, you know, for instance, one of my clients, um, he, he messaged me and he was having a bit of a tough time. Uh, meant, you know, with his mental health and he said to me like just had one of the best things today and he, he said basically one of the guys who works in his gym complimented him and just said like oh you're, you're really you're really taking shape like your jaw's coming in like you're you're not you haven't gained you know you're, the weight in your face is going you look great and he just said he felt incredible mm-hmm. and you know that that's one of the many many benefits of, of, of weight training like cardio you know a good diet is is the, the, the analogy I always use is 
like your nutrition, if you eat well, cool. Like that, that's great. You can build a fairly decent physique. However, imagine your car, your body is a car. So you get the shell of the car. The nutrition is the fuel that you put in the car. The training is the engine. Now, without the engine, you could put as much fuel in that car as you want. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. However, you put a good engine in that in that car and you put good fuel in that car, that car is going to work very, very well. Mm. So that's always the, the, the kind of thing I always... I, I'm, when it comes to analogies, I'm full of them. That's just the way my brain works. But, you know, ben, you, know you can definitely benefit from, from eating clean and... and uh, not clean. I hate that word. Um, <laughs> eating nutritious foods. Um, yeah. That's another big thing. I hate good and bad foods, healthy oh, and unhealthy. Yes, yeah. I, I did it the other day. I posted about it the other day. Like, there's no good and bad foods. So just yeah. nutritious and less nutritious. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just even how you feel, like your energy levels. Um, oh, man, even like I, I've always said, like by you, I, I think people need to focus on themselves first. I think the term selfishness needs to be brought back from being a bad thing because people who are center-focused rather than self-centered, center-focused, are trying to achieve the best version of themselves physically and mentally because the physical part of your body feeds into your mental and the mental feeds into your physical. And by doing that, you're giving the world the best version of yourself. Mm. And I think if you don't focus on that, you're robbing the world of the best version of you. So if if you're a family, if you're a father of a family, and you're not looking after your health, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, you're, you're, you're doing all the wrong things, mm-hmm. you're robbing your family of the best, the best version of you. Yeah. And that's doing you a disservice and them a disservice because you, know, you don't want to be sitting on the sofa and your kids will be asking you to go out and play and you're like, oh, I'm wrecked. Yeah. You want to be able to get up and go and play with them. Yeah. Again, you're robbing them of a memory that could, could last them for a lifetime. I mean, I remember... I still remember things playing with my dad when I was three. Mm. I still remember those, those, those memories. Like, and I'm so glad I have them because my dad looked after himself. You know, he, he was always fit. He's, he still is still very fit, very healthy. And again, if that's, you just need to, ch- to kind of tune into what really matters to you and think about the possibilities that not only the possibilities that you're going to potentially get, but the possibilities of what you stand to lose. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think I think a lot of people don't think, they think about all the things they want, but then they're like, oh, "Well, what happens? You know, what can I lose if I don't do this?" Mm. I think that's reminding me of two things. The first one, I think, I think it's called like the, the sunset porch. Is it sunset porch. Basically, the prince, the, the the premise of it is: imagine yourself sat on the porch in your you know in your last few days, and you're looking back and you're reflecting. In, yep. the, in the sunset, what what you know? What are you going to want to? Re- what do you want to be reflecting on? What do you want to yes. happen? Um, that's all. That's a really good visualization. And then it is Brian Keane. I think spoke about yeah. the negative visualization. So he he will visualize like his um his mum or his daughter being ill or something like that. Like mm-hmm. rather than focusing on what you know what could happen, what's the positive? Focus on what's going to happen if you don't put the action in place and the drive so, I can give you. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's something I think about quite a lot as well. Um, I, I try daily to try and appreciate, just take time to appreciate things. Like I'm not like a yoga person or anything like that, but I strongly believe in the mental, your mental health. Like I, I've, 
I, 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 again, I try to, the one thing I try to always say is that the physical and mental health should not be separate. They should just be health. When someone talks about your health, they're talking about your mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. Unless your brain is somehow planted into you, you know, at some point after your birth, then they should not be seen as separate. Yeah. You don't consider your heart health separate to your physical health, do you? Nah. Or your lungs or your, so why on earth is this, this organ up here? Mm-hmm. Why is this separate to everything else? Why, why is mental health and physical health so separate? You know, people talk like, because they can't physically see, you know, mental health. They're like, well, no, it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's bollocks. Like, you know, it's sorry, <laughs> but it's true. You know, it's true. Like, I, I just think that they should not be separate. They should be treated as equally as important as each other. Um, because yeah, it's, da- it's dangerous not, not doing that. Mm. Like you said earlier, it, they flow into each other. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you t- you take a brain out of a human, what happens? Mm. Yeah. A human can lose an arm, lose a leg, lose a lung. Mm. You cannot lose that brain. Like if you lose that brain, the the body shuts down. Yeah. So to treat it like it's separate, in in the sense that oh, you don't take it as seriously is, is nonsense to me. No. So no. when I when I talk about health, it's physical and mental. Yeah, yeah. We actually had some really good training just before um we were on half term at the moment. Um, and we just before half term, we actually had like a a, a pupil. Uh, an inset day like a uh, when the children don't come in and we had uh, a oh, what was his name I forgot his name I'll put it in the show notes because he's an incredible guy but he came in and basically spoke about well-being um, and pretty much about like being selfish and um, for yourself and, and kind of selfish being selfless and that was yep. the kind of premise and um, subjective well-being and, and all these kind of things but one of his big biggest things was kind of like you said about doing what you need to do to be your best version of yourself. Literally yep. what you said, um, in order to, to, as a teacher, to be the best possible teacher you could be. Because obviously as a teacher, it's not just, it shouldn't just be the academics. It should be the well-being, the mental health and all that stuff. And I think in England, a lot, that's just, that's at the forefront of everything at the moment in terms of like children's mental health and things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Really, absolutely important, and we, we did quite a lot of like meditation type practices and mindfulness. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. That's getting introduced at, at such a young age. Yeah, I think the hardest thing is is that it's trying to fight back the traditions of our of our parents and then the generation before them and the generation before them. That's really what you're fighting against because people are only ignorant to things because of their upbringing. Yeah, like I, I firmly believe you're racist because most likely your parents are or yeah. you're xenophobic because your parents are like people don't realize the power of influence that the parents have over their thought processes that turn out to not even be their own. They're just adopting it from, from yeah. someone else. Like yeah. If, you know, yeah. And it's, it's scary, but if you can start to break out of that mold now at a, such a young age, you know, you think what those kids who are, who are primary school, you know, primary school kids now, their approach to mental health when they grow up and have kids mm-hmm. is going to be far, far greater than, this current generation um the the best way of thinking about this self-centered thing is the it's the airplane analogy where uh you know if an airplane's crashing or going down what's the first thing they tell you to do about the oxygen masks secure your own before you help anyone else yeah and that's that's i I use that in the talk i've done you know to try and get people to be more self-focused trying to think of better words than being selfish um self-focused because Again, 
if you pass out when you're trying to put on someone else's mask, you're probably going to endanger them, mm. you know, more. So if you secure yourself first, now you're functioning at a hundred percent. Now you can go and help someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It's, it's and I, I think people's health and fitness, that's the thing that people, that people will slip. That, that, will, <laughs> oh, yeah. that will slip when they're focusing on other people. Yep. Yeah. And I know that there's, there's quite a few like um, parents and particularly female parents that, that listen to this and, I think that's a big thing with the people that I've spoken to and the people that I've worked with is people will kind of do everything for their children but not realise that... Like, Sacri- self-sacrifice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when that's actually, you know, when you think you're being a good parent, you're actually, you're actually again, robbing your child because, you, you know, you're not, you're not looking after yourself, which means they're not getting the best version of you. Yeah. It's, it's a very, you know, again, I'm not a parent, but, you know, I've just seen from... from from my own experience, once you realize parents are just people too. Yeah. Who are, are just as prone to making mistakes as anyone else. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, yeah, yeah. And you just kind of step back and go, oh, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Um, so last, we've kind of touched on loads of different things there. Last mm-hmm. kind of big question. Um, again, we've kind of touched on this already, but um, just the question kind of generally was, do you have any kind of ha- like I don't really, I'm starting to dislike this term like habits for success? Like, do you have any things that you do that you think? Obviously, we've got like training, nutrition, but have you got any kind of almost tips and tricks, if you like, but kind of little things that you do that you know compound in your life and kind of give you the be- again the best version of yourself? So, like for example, I think one of mine would be really minor. I, I now get up 30 minutes earlier and I'll literally like get up half an hour earlier, have like a couple of pints of water, have a coffee and just literally not do much. Some days I'll go out for a walk. Um, if the weather's good. Um, yeah, but, but most days I'll cause literally just kind of sit, even if I sit, end up sitting for like 15 minutes and just not do very much and mm-hmm. just go on my phone. Like something like that for me, that's something that I've adopted this year. Um, and it just sets me up a little bit better for the day. I don't wake up and I'm not like stressing and rushing around. So any, any kind of, any things like that that you? Yeah. I mean, they're not, nothing huge. Again, I, when someone says, do you have any habits? I don't, I wouldn't necessarily categorize what I do as habits. It's just something I do. Mm. I suppose it could be, you know, could be qualified or you know, classified as a habit, but um, two things I recommend people do try to implement every day is well, three, one, be aware of their breathing. And that's, you know, obviously coming from a CF background, um, people don't realize how important breathing is. Uh, it's amazing because it's, it's, a, it's an ability that's both passive and we have complete control over it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're breathing right now. Now I've made you aware of it. You're going to be super aware of the fact that you're breathing and people listen to this are probably going to be like, oh, how do you breathe again? <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to think about breathing. You know, it's happening passively. However, we also have complete control over it. So that's, there's very few things in the body where, where it's got that dichotomy or where you, or you, you, know, you can have both complete control over it and then you can switch it off and not worry about it. Yeah. Blink, blinking's another one, you know. But breath is like, it's the essence of life. Like, you know, without sounding too hippie-ish or anything, but like it is like, you, it's how our bodies survive, you know. So just being aware of your breathing, just just focus 
I even, you know, this again kind of proves my point. The Apple Watches now have an app on it that tells you to breathe. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. just take two seconds out of your day and just focus on your breathing. Just, you know, take a good clean breath in, breathe out, you know, feel what it feels like. Think about where you're breathing from. Are you breathing from predominantly your chest? Are you breathing from your stomach? Are you breathing from a mixture of both? You know, just get, get in tune with that. So it's something I try and do every day because, again, I, I know that my breath is something that could be taken away from me in an instant. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that's how people with CF pass away because they simply can't. I can't breathe anymore. Um, oh, if and again, if someone wants to really feel what it's like to breathe with poor lung functions, um, if you try and breathe through a straw, so pinch your nose, stick a straw in your mouth, try and breathe through a straw. That's what it's like for someone with CF who's got poor lung functions. That's what it's like to breathe for them. Um, another thing is I try and do something that makes me happy or smile every day, even as watching a stupid video or anything anything that just brings me joy every day because i think people can go days and weeks and months without actually experiencing anything other than what they feel like they have to do they have to go to work they have to look after their kids they have to go to the gym they have to cook the meals it's all these necessary things but i think it's very easy to kind of lose sight of the fact that you're you should be living your life not just living to then move on to the next day mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's really important that people try and, you know, snap out of that kind of monotonous, monotonousness <laughs> and, and enjoy themselves and, and, and laugh at something. Um, and then the last thing I just say is just, is just gratitude every day. So whenever I might walk in him, who's my dog, you, again, can't see it. <laughs> this is not a visual, um, <laughs> visual thing, but my dog is sitting behind me when I might walking him. I just I, I focus on the fact that I can actually walk and I can see and I can hear and I can do everything that some people would kill for. Mm. And when you do that, regardless of your situation, if you're really focusing on that, it, it makes you feel a lot better. Um, I think a lot of people just kind of, we're always in this, this mindset of I want this and I want this and I won't be happy until I get this and I won't be happy until I get this. And I'm like, well, think of what you do have already. Like even whenever you were talking about you know some of the accolades that I have, Whenever you were saying about them, I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know what? I've done all right. Like that's that's kind of that's cool that I've I've been able to achieve those things." But humans have this very natural thing where they, as soon as they've achieved something, they're like, "Right, what's next?" Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a it's good because it's gotten to us humans to the point where we are today. You know, in terms of you know, uh, you know, as a as a species, you know, if you're looking at a big term, but it also then creates a lot of unhappiness um because people are constantly chasing and never never appreciating what they've actually gotten or or they you know they've achieved yeah so those yeah. are the three things that i would say are kind of a, a habit that i again i wouldn't wouldn't even call them habits but it's just three things i try to really focus on that's a good top three <laughs> i think <laughs> I, appreciate I, I might try some of those out yeah i think the breathing thing that was actually going back to that um the training day just before half turn that we had, that was mm. one of the things was the breathing. And there was the, um, I think we it hot, five breath or something. And it's the, when you go up the side of your thing, you, oh, you people can't see me. You put your hand up <laughs> and you trace one, your index finger up the side of your yeah. finger and you kind of breathe in. And then when you come down the other side, you breathe out and you basically yep. do it as slowly as you possibly can. Um, that was one of the exercises, things like that. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Gonna make a commitment now. <laughs> I'm good. Do some kind of breathing thing. I could do it in in, in my uh, half an hour each morning. 
Yeah, yeah. just set an alarm on your phone. Yeah. Time to breathe. Mm. That's it. Like yeah, alarms on phones are so are so underutilized. Like I use them for everything. Yeah. Just to remind me to, of doing stuff because it's so easy to get lost. You know, in a, in a day, it's so easy to get lost about what you're doing. You kind of forget all the things you want to achieve, and then you just set an alarm. And be like, right, time to breathe for three three minutes or whatever it is. And three minutes in your day is nothing. No, no, yeah, no, I, I like that way of thinking. That's good. Um, right. So, final thing then, uh, just to wrap everything up. Um, obviously, you've had you've had times where you've, well, as everyone has experienced some, you know, pre pre uh, rough and tough kind of kind of times and period where things aren't going going as well as you would have liked um can you kind of think of anything you've anything in particular that you've learned from an experience like that whether it's related to your cf or or not kind of you know any any major kind of life not i don't say life lessons but things that you've learned from life events yeah yeah um a couple kind of coming to mind uh, I'm trying to think what one I would like to focus on. There you go. I suppose, okay, so the, the one that kind of jumps out immediately is probably one of my one of my friends passing away when I was quite young. Uh, that was kind of the, the real, that was a real shock to me. I was 18, he was 17, uh, and he was going in for a fairly standard operation. Um, that a lot of his cousins had gone through in he was he was from Zambia. All his cousins had had fairly the same you know procedure, and he was getting it done here over Belfast, and they it didn't work, uh, and he he actually bled bled out internally. Uh, he was only seventeen, said I was eighteen at the time, and that hit me hard. Because that that's the point. That's the age of a of a guy, especially when you think you're invincible. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm I'm going to be here for ages. Like, you know, nothing can stop me. Like that that it's that point of arrogancy that you see in in teenagers and, and kind of young men. And that happening to me was probably again when I say this, probably the best thing that could have happened to me. You know, again, this is this is years. This took me years to to realize. Um, but it made me realize that life is so like it can be so cruel and so short and that that you're not invincible and and your time can be up like you know like that mm. um so it really made me kind of focus on it gave me a drive that i didn't know i had and even with my cystic fibrosis you know that again that brought it back to the forefront of my mind that oh wow and that was the same year that i actually got hospitalized as well as so that can kind of compound it at all um, my lung functions dropped by forty percent, which was huge. That's a huge drop. Um, you know, things that I would do, I could do holding my breath and not even thinking about it. I would, it would suddenly be making me very breathless. Um, is it, like, the best way I can expl- explain it is like imagine you're going to take a big deep breath in, and someone just got punching you just as you're about to get like the full breath every time. That's the best way to do it. Or else, whenever you go to breathe, it feels like someone's just constricting your lungs, like giving you a bear hug. Um, but that and, and my friend passing away compounded to give me this real just sense of like focus that I I've now I've you know I've maintained for near twelve years. Um, in the sense that life is short and life is 
brutally cruel and it's unfair. But when you realize that no one gets a fair life, really, even the people you look at and on social media, you think, oh my God, I'm so jealous of their life. You don't know what's going on with their life. They're only showing you the highlights of what's going on in their life. Yeah. So when you realize that life, I, I did a video about this on the scrum the other day, life is unfair. And yeah. You just, you just have to get on with it you know, and realize that it's not an even playing field and you know, you're going to get beaten and beaten and beaten. I'm about to sound like cliche and like motivational, but like it just, it simply comes down to do you get up or not? Like, are you, are you willing to get up after you've been knocked down hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times? Like, cause you know, if, if you don't, there you go. Life's done. You're over next innings or, or not. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that, that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people are, are kind of falling into this belief that they're going to, there's, they're going to get another life or they're going to get an additional life. And it's not a video game. Like this, once this is up, this is up. Like you get one chance of being on this earth. In fact, I'm writing a book at the moment and I Googled like, what are the chances of becoming a human? Sounds like a really abstract, I told you my, my brain's weird. <laughs> really abstract, kind of abstract concept. But then you start thinking about the actual scientific numbers behind it. Like you can kind of quantify what the actual odds of you becoming a human as in terms of, you know, conception and, mm. And you can go to like this, you know, souls and all that stuff, but just to kind of to uh, you know, keep it very scientific, like the chances of your sperm and egg, you know, you becoming a human. Yeah. When you then think about like how many sperm cells are created, how many egg cells are created, you know, your parents meeting, all those ridiculous chances. It's like something, it's in the tr- like one in something trillion of you becoming a human. Mm. And I think that's the miracle of being a human. Like the fact that you get to be a human, yeah. Like, and that—that's always stuck in my mind. Is like this. This is this is your shot. Like, this is this is the one time you get. This is your you know, regardless of the situation you're in. This is your chance to be the star of, of the show that is your life. And so many people just just waste that opportunity um, by just not realizing that. So you know, hopefully, if someone does listen to this, you know, they'll kind of go, oh, you know what. I'm this like, is it. I'm, yeah, you are because that's that's the case. You know, I would kill to have someone else's lungs. Mm. I'm killed to not have CAF. But kill like you know, people don't realize how lucky they have it. You know, people would kill to be able to walk up. You know, to be you know, I said about my height. Like some people would kill to be five foot eight. Yeah. You know, so you know, just appreciate the position you're in, and um, yeah, that's yeah, very right. deep. <laughs> no, Sorry. Good. no, it comes back to what you said earlier about the gratitude. I like, yeah. I think I need I need to get better at practicing that a bit more. It's it's so it's so it's so easy to slip out of as well. Mm. But all that matters is you you start it again. Doesn't matter how many times you fall off. As I said, doesn't matter how many times you fail. Air quotes because I don't believe in failure either. That's not a. It's not even really in my vocabulary. Like it's just it's a chance to learn. You go okay. What didn't work there? Right, let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. And you, if if you keep trying and trying and trying, eventually, and you learn, you don't just try and then not not reflect upon why it failed. You you will progress. Yeah. You know, if if you don't reflect on why it failed, then yeah, you're doomed to repeat the same thing. That's that's actually the you know was the definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So yeah, don't be insane. <laughs> Assess why it didn't work. And then move forward. Yeah, that is awesome. I think that that for me that might that's going to be my number one takeaway. No, that's awesome. Yeah, 
<laughs> right, awesome. Right, okay. So, final um, little question, just to kind of sum everything up. Um, and this is a this is a surprise question, although, like I said earlier, it's a it's one that's regularly regularly used. Um, if I was to give you a ticket to anywhere in the world, yep. you, you can go by plane, train, however you want. Um, where would you go? Which book would you take with you? And you can have two passengers. Which which who which two people would you take? So you've got a destination, a book to take with you to read, and two people. Uh, my wife and my best friend. They're the two people I bring with me. Oh, does does my dog count as a person? <laughs> no, you can, that's a that's a freebie. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, I'll carry him like a rugby ball. Um, the book, you know what? I'm sure there's so many people who talk about like you know fiction or non-fiction books, but I love The Hobbit. Oh, <laughs> the Hobbit. I've read The Hobbit like six oh, times. Yeah. I just love that book. Yeah, I just like I like. You know, that's the kind of film side of me. Like I just I just love The Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings are just my my favorite. Are you getting it? Do you have? Mate, this is uh, no one can oh, see this. What? But this is uh, an incredible book. Maybe we'll talk about this after. But it's. Uh... Mate, yeah, I need that. It's, it's he's just produced a what Tolkien's word world. Yeah, so it's it's um it's not by him or his son or anyone. It's by uh, David Day, but it's literally all of the all of his notes and stuff that he yeah. didn't produce. Oh man, that's it, awesome! It's all of the floor down to the because obviously he created like crazy oh, languages, worlds, plants, animals. Like, do you know why? Do you know that's why he wrote the Lord of the Rings? The house his own language. So he, he wrote Elvish. He created the, the language, we're going off on a tangent here, but he created, he created the language of elves because he was a linguistic, like that's what he, yeah. he studied. And he created the Lord of the Rings so he could put it in real, in, in real you know, context. Yeah. So he created that because he created a language. God, I have not achieved anything. Uh, <laughs> I've got a good friend who is, uh, who is fanatical about Tolkien and he's recently oh, in New Zealand and he sent me... He sent me an incredible video of him where they film more. Oh, oh what? Seriously? Yes, doing a Gollum and Schmeagle impressions. So that was that's the highlight. If you're listening to this, Jack, uh, this one's for you. That's <laughs> awesome. Good man, Jack. Um, yeah, and to answer the question where I'd go, I'd probably go to, I'd probably go to New Zealand. Nice. Because I, I, I have always wanted to see Hobbiton. Yeah. That, that's. Good. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah. You, you cannot tell I'm, I'm a nerd at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, we didn't. Sorry, before before we wrap everything up, we didn't even mm-hmm. touch on um, you and and your superhero Thor uh, counterpart. Yeah, want to quickly? Should we quickly dive into that before we we wrap up? Yeah. So that all started. Um, w- my wife and I. Well, she was just my girlfriend at the time. We went to go see the first Thor film in 2011, I think it was. And at this point, we've been going out for four years, I believe. And it, she had never said anything about any other guy. She's really good, but she suddenly, when Chris Hemsworth popped up on the screen, she's like, "Oh, hello!" And I was like, "Hey, I can say that. This is this is, this is complete double standards, by the way. I can say that someone's attractive. You can't. That's not fair." Obviously joking. And um, then people started saying, "Oh, you look a bit like him." And I was like, "Okay, I don't really, I don't really see it to be honest, but okay, that's, that's cool. He's a superhero." Um, and then it was about four years ago three or four years ago, I decided to grow my hair out because I just wanted to. Simple as that. I, I hated having short hair because I never knew what to, what way to style it. 
And I was just like, if it's long, you just have it down or I could tie it up. Simple as that. Uh, and then I started growing my hair and obviously then the Thor comments started coming in pretty thick and fast. Um, and then I purchased a replica of Mjolnir, this Thor's hammer. I started, again, random random thing, but I, I was looking up the etymology of the words of the week. So why I was just sitting there, I was like, why do we call it Wednesday? Why do we call it Thursday? And it's all from Norse mythology. So Thursday is literally from Thor's day. Mm-hmm. Friday is Frey's day. Uh, Wednesday is Woden, which is Odin's day. So we get, you know, our, our yes. languages, you know, words we use all the time are from, from you know, bygone eras, which I think I think is cool. Um, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll put up that fact and I'll put up a picture of me holding Mjolnir on a Thursday and I'll hashtag Thursday and I put that up and it went pretty crazy. Like a lot of other pages start sharing it. And then I started getting like an influx of messages from parents who had kids with CF who said, oh, you know, my, my, I showed my kid this picture of you. Now they think Thor has cystic fibrosis like them. And I was like, that is amazing. That is, that was the most unforeseen. I could not have seen that coming at all. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to lean into it. So I ended up getting a suit. Uh, a guy encouraged me to, to get like the actual Thor costume, you know, made to my standards uh, or to my, to my measurements and stuff. And then he said, you know, if, I, if you get this, then he'll give me gigs so I can you know, pay it back. So it's pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, but the, the main reason I got it was like, because if I can sell it, if I can make, if I can convince kids that this superhero has what they have, it's going to make them feel so special. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, what way would I have, you know, if I was a child, what, what, what would I like to have seen when I was younger? Um, and I thought, what's cooler than thinking that you have the same thing as a superhero or as a god? Like, Thor's a, he's the god of uh, Thunder. So, like, then whenever they go and see the films, they're going to be like, they're going to have this connection with this character that, you know, they, they previously didn't have. And I thought that was awesome. Like, that, that's... Plus, who doesn't want to dress up and feel like a superhero? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah if, you, if you say no, then you're lying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just kind of lent into it and it was incredible. Like it's, it's, it got me so many opportunities as well. Whoever who does, or say this to my friends and I like, ever thought growing my hair out would be the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, no, it's short because I just got fed up with it, but, um, Thor's hair is, well, Thor's hair is, well, it was short. Now it's, now he's got long dreadlocks, but he's also fat. So, oh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I watched that one actually mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, and every, that was the first thing when that came out. Everyone was like, I remember in the cinema when we were going to see it, I had four of my friends to my left, and uh, the scene of him being fat showed up, and all of them just kind of leant around and looked at me and were like, <laughs> You can get fat now. And I was like, Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome. Okay, cool. So, um, to finish off, would you like to, um, well, I mean, nowadays you can just search, search your name, but would you like to tell everyone kind of where they can find you, things you're doing at the moment, um, social platforms, all of that kind of yep. stuff? So I have two podcasts. I co-podcast with my friend Adam and it's called Fitness Made Simple. I mean, hopefully it does what it says in the tin. It's just trying to make things simple in the fitness industry because uh, it's very, very easily convoluted. Um, I also have a new podcast, which hasn't been launched yet, but probably will by the time this comes out. Uh, it's called the CF Strength Podcast. And again, it's, Primarily for people with cystic fibrosis, but I really do think that the information I give out there and the people I interview on there are probably going to inspire a lot of people, regardless if you got CF or not. Um, so if you can check that out uh, on social media, I'm at, on Instagram I'm at Ben at Ben Mudge underscore. 
someone's still using Ben Mudge. He hasn't used the profile in five years, and it's <laughs> really wanted. Um, but yeah, so Ben Ben Mudge underscore. Um, I think that's it. And then my website, which is going to be again for people with cystic fibrosis. But again, to be honest, a lot of the information on there is very simple easy to digest information. Uh, so if you haven't got cystic fibrosis or you want to help, you know, again, the goal of this website is going to be to help give back to, to people with cystic fibrosis. So it's going to be, a, eventually it's going to be a charity. So if you're, if you've got 899 knocking around each month and you want to contribute to that, then that would be massively, and, and learn something while you're there, then uh, yes, cfstrength.com. Awesome. Awesome. Brilliant. Again, massive thank you, Ben, for coming on and to all of that wisdom you shared. Just, yeah really really good problem good. At all. i appreciate and, uh, you appreciate you asking me why no worries brilliant i'll um i'll see you soon see you soon cheers thank you right guys i hope you enjoyed that episode as much as i did i've really listened to it at the time of recording this uh three times through already um and for me it's just one of the most poignant episodes that we've had so far and i hope Ben will come back on the podcast at some time in the future. Um, so if you'd like to find me on social media or anywhere, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at forge.nutrition.fitness. If you'd like to drop me a email, you can email me uh, at charlie at forgeahead.uk. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care, guys. Have an awesome day.